Hi, and welcome to the Down and Front Podcast. Uh, I am Warren, and here, this is actually going to be a special episode where Andrew Abbott takes you on a journey of all things horror for the entire month of October. Sit back, and I hope you enjoy. Good evening and welcome to Fear Boners with Andrew, presented by the Down in Front Podcast. This is Andrew Abbott, your favorite Down in Front podcaster, seeing as I've only been in three of the 60 plus episodes, I'm sure you all remember me fondly. Now, you might be asking yourself, Andrew, what is a Fear Boner? Well, Dear listener, I'm not going to be getting into the nitty-gritty specifics or uh, the gross details, if you will, but I will tell you that what we are going to be talking about are movies, specifically horror movies, that are so spooky and so good, you feel it in your pants. Now, I'm talking about that real good pants-tightening enjoyment you get from watching a really, really good horror movie. And those are few and far between nowadays, because there's so much crap that gets pushed out there. But you know what? Even some of those are pretty good. So it's kind of hard to tell, and it's really opinion-based. So what we're going to do, dear listener, is we're going to guide you through October uh, with these four episodes to kind of give you an idea of uh, what to watch and uh, what to look forward to. Um, and we're, we have it broken up into four distinct episodes. Um, we're going to start here tonight with um, the best of the last year. We're not necessarily limiting ourselves to 2017 as we're going to go all the way back to October or a little bit longer back in 2016. Um, and then from there, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, go polar opposite we're going to uh introduce you to a list of the worst horror movies uh and that's not to say they are terrible movies but again going back to what i said previously some movies are so bad they're good so that should be a fun episode um and then after that, what we're going to do is we're going to get into uh, October, or as I like to refer to it, Spooktober Essentials, uh, the movies that you should be watching uh, this month to enjoy it all the way up until Halloween, um, if you want to do it right, if you want to get the uh, spooky feeling going. Um, and then the last episode um, is going to be uh, delving into movies that are coming out that we're really looking forward to uh, within the next few months, the next year, um, even just movies that we might have heard rumors about. So that should be an interesting installment as well. Now, that being said, uh, we're hoping to have an episode out per week in the month of October, um, and most of what you're going to hear is strictly opinion-based, um, built around uh, some of the feedback I got from the Down and Front guys, uh, mostly my own opinion. Um, with that said, uh, you know, if there is a movie that didn't make the list, or if there's a movie on the list that you think is total garbage and doesn't deserve to be discussed, please feel free to reach out. Reach out to the Down and Front guys by any means possible. Facebook, um, social media, uh, snail mail, uh, carrier pigeon, smoke signals, any way you have possible to reach us to let us know uh, the movies that you guys are watching, the horror movies that you love in October. Because uh, we love to hear them. We always are down for recommendations, and especially if it's movies that we haven't seen. One of my favorite things is discovering a movie that I have never seen. The first time watching a movie is always the best time watching a movie. And now, without further ado, let's get into the best horror movies of the year. <laughs> now, I'd love to start 
uh, my list of movies um, with a movie I saw rather recently. And one thing to keep in mind is I didn't do these in any sort of order. It's not my favorites first. It's not my least favorites first. It's just uh, how I thought of them. Um, the first movie that uh, I would like to recommend as the best of the year is a French film called Raw. Uh, it is a film about uh, vegetarian veterinarians um, who uh, wind up through um, going to veterinary school and sort of bizarre hazing, hazing rituals, uh, wind up eating meat for the first time, and chaos and weirdness and uh, sexy time ensues, and it is a real treat. Um, I had heard some things uh, about this film going into it, that it had uh, gone to South by Southwest and some other festivals and people were walking out because they were disgusted and um, they thought it was weird and terrifying and gross. And that has my name all over it. I love movies like that. I've seen some really bizarre movies. So I was really looking forward to seeing if this movie had any sort of um, visceral uh, effect on me, which I wasn't expecting. But honestly, um, towards the end of the movie, the, the climax of the movie did, in fact, have a real impact on me. Um, there is a point in the movie where I did gag slightly. So um, if, that, if that does sound like a movie that you would be interested in seeing, um, it does get rather intense. It is in French, so there are subtitles. Um, so there are a lot of things that might keep you from seeing this movie, but I highly recommend it. Very good. Um, it's also uh, one of the only films on my list uh, who had a female director, um, which is awesome because there are so many more females emerging in horror nowadays, which is so important and so awesome. And to see a movie made that is so good and so terrifying and so gross uh, come from uh, a female perspective is also a step in the right direction, in my opinion. And as intense as this film gets, um, it does tell the story of two sisters uh, going through a similar experience or uh, college in general. It is very much a coming-of-age story as well, um, which is uh, an interesting twist on the genre um, taken in a, in, a, in a weird direction with some great twists and turns, um, while it also has very good pacing. Um, if I were to compare it to any other recent horror movie, I'd probably say Teeth, if you're familiar with that movie. It is a movie about a girl that lives too close to a, uh, a nuclear um, facility and winds up growing up uh, having teeth in her vagina. Um, that's, that's, that's right. Uh, teeth in her vagina. If you haven't seen that one, also highly recommended. It. It's from a few, uh, a few, a few more years back, but it is also a very good entertaining film. Now, next up on my list, uh, is a film that Guillermo had mentioned in his dollar bin reviews, but, um, I thought it also great to mention the autopsy of Jane Doe. Um, I had discovered this film a while back when Stephen King had actually tweeted about it, where he compared it to uh, watching Alien for the first time or um, some early Cronenberg movies, which both of those are right at my alley, so of course I had to see this movie. Uh, and Guillermo hit it on the head. Um, it's really creepy. It's this great father-son dynamic um, with Emil Hirsch, and I thought, where has he been since Speed Racer? I mean, I know he's done other movies, but nothing that caught my attention as much as this film. Um, it was really good, really great. I don't want to give too much away, but when it gets weird, it gets really weird. Um, and one other thing that I realized while doing research for this episode was that it was also the same director who did the film Troll Hunter a few years back, which is also one of my favorites. If you haven't seen it, Troll Hunter is also a great film. 
And the third movie on my list, which I believe, uh, in my opinion, was a sleeper hit of the year, is a film called The Monster. Uh, It comes from the same director who did The Strangers, um, a film from a while back with Liv Tyler that was also very good, as well as Mockingbird, which is a a more recent horror endeavor that he had put out a couple years back. Um, But going into The Monster, um, I didn't really know what to expect besides there being a monster. Uh, No spoilers, but there is, in fact, a monster. Um, But it also introduces you... uh, uh, similarly, as with um, Autopsy of Jane Doe, whereas that was a good father-son dynamic, this was a really good mother-daughter dynamic, where you're introduced to this very stressed relationship between this mother and daughter, um, where the mother is basically taking the daughter um, to see her father. Um, they're divorced, and she's sort of um, taking the daughter away for her visitation. And it's a real uh, stressful situation, very awkward, very uncomfortable. And then... The car breaks down and they are presented with this challenge. Um, And that's not even, you know, spoilers at all. That's just, like, very early on in the movie. Um, And it's got this great claustrophobic Desert Island vibe. Um, And the monster isn't shitty. It's it's actually a really good monster. Um, And there's a lot of moments where you're just like, no, you should do this, or no, like, don't do that. And it's just, by the end of the movie, it's just a great payoff. Um, And all around, it was a fun movie. I wish more people were talking about it. Um, I wish more people would see it. So if you get a chance, look out for The Monster. Coming in at number four on my list is a movie that came out rather recently called The Void. Um, It is, in fact, a really great nod to classic 80s and 90s. Um, Lovecraftian body horror films. Um, The closest I can compare it to is something like Reanimator or In the Mouth of Madness or From Beyond. Um, I felt like Jeffrey Combs was just going to jump out at any moment. Unfortunately, he doesn't. Uh, He would have been very fitting in these films, but um, it does uh, very much come from that same wheelhouse and the effects in the film are pretty much all traditional um, and it does press a lot of boundaries. It does get away with a lot of things. Um, and there's some really good twists in there as well. Uh, and looking into it, I wasn't very familiar with the guys who directed this, uh, worked on it together, but looking at their backgrounds, they have worked on some very big projects, um, doing some producing work and also some makeup work. And that's very apparent that they've, they've really honed their craft working on bigger Hollywood productions to get to the level where they're at for this film. Uh, again, it's really enjoyable. If you do love old classic eighties, nineties horror movies, it's a nice, uh, a nice throwback to that. Very enjoyable. The Void. Check it out. Now, the next couple films on my list were both um, surprises that I encountered uh, on Netflix, um, which is always great when you find something and you think, oh, well, is this going to be any good? Uh, But uh, at the end of the day, both of these movies, uh, for me at least, uh, were very successful. Uh, And I'm going to start with um, I Am Not a Serial Killer. Um, Reading the description on Netflix or on IMDb, it didn't sound that promising. Um, It does kind of stack up to be this uh, small town murder mystery with um, a almost uh, younger, young adult uh, serial killer in training as the, the, the hardy boy solving the mystery, but um, it takes a turn 
um, when you're introduced to a character played by Doc Brown himself, Christopher Lloyd. Um, and then it becomes this great um, cat and mouse back and forth with spooky supernatural things going on. Um, and for a, a movie that I hadn't heard about until I popped it on on Netflix, I was very satisfied by the end of the movie. Um, a few twists and turns, a lot of great effects. Again, this is another movie that uses a lot of traditional effects, a la The Void um, or other movies that have been sort of surprising people with using little to no CGI. It's, it's really great to see that coming back. Um, so if you get a chance, I believe it's still on Netflix. Check out, I am not a serial killer. My other recent Netflix find was a film called, uh, the eyes of my mother. Um, now what attracted me to this film originally was the fact that it was, um, made this year, uh, shot entirely in high contrast, black and white. So it looked beautiful. Um, before I saw the movie, I popped the trailer on, on YouTube and, um, I was immediately intrigued. Um, the, the, the YouTube trailer made it look incredibly creepy. Um, still didn't have a good idea of what it was about. Uh, even after the film ended, I, I still needed time to think about it, but, Five minutes into the film, you get a really big, hard scene to get through, and it just kind of sets the tone for the rest of the movie. And you just know that some worse things are going to happen down the line, and some terrible things are going to happen to this. You're introduced to a little girl, and then you sort of watch her grow up after all these things have happened um, to her, and how her life sort of unfolds. She's trying desperately to be a normal person and make friends and live her life. But after what she's been through, it's difficult. So you sort of want to sympathize with her as her being the main character, but at the same time, you're looking at what she's doing and how she's acting. And so there's this really uncomfortable awkwardness to her interactions with other people and other things and how she does things and what she says, but it just really feeds into the, uh, the stressfulness of watching the movie and it pays off big by the end of the film. My next movie is a film that I was lucky enough to catch in theaters recently. Um, I didn't really know what to expect from it because the trailers kind of left it um, very vague and open to interpretation. It's called It Comes at Night. Um, what it is, uh, I'm not quite sure, but it was definitely spooky. Um, they definitely had some great filming locations in this movie, and the lighting in this film is incredible. They have this incredible house to film in, a lot of great night scenes in the woods, but the darkness almost becomes a character. It's eerily lit in a way that makes you think that there's always something out there or in there, um, waiting to get you or the characters in the film. Um, the big thing about this movie, though, is that it's very easy to get connected to some of these characters. It's very emotionally heavy. Um, so it's another it's another thing to get hooked on in this film. Um, it's it's probably if if you're into slow burns, this is probably the slow burn of the year because it takes a while to get to the end of the film, and by the end you're either going to hate it because you got so invested or you're going to leave needing a hug and a nap. Now, the next two films on my list are both from Korea. Um, there were a lot of great horror movies that came out this past year from Asia in general, but these two really stood out for me, and I was very excited about them because I knew they were coming. Um, when they finally both hit the iTunes store, I picked them up immediately, um, one of which is The Wailing, uh, which is a great um, kind of slow burn, but also at the same time is punctuated by scenes of 
uh, sort of madness and violence. Uh, sort of tells the story of a small town investigator dealing with a rash of um, attacks, murders, suicides, weird things occurring after folks have been getting sick. Um, sort of leading up to his daughter wind up winds up getting this sickness, and he sort of tries to get to the bottom of it. So it is a little bit of a mystery. Um, well, at the same time, there is a cast of mysterious characters that are kind of uh, leading him to jump to these assumptions and sort of leading him down these paths that make him think these things, and he's not sure if he's going crazy or if he's just, um, you know, going out of his mind because he's so concerned over his daughter. But uh, towards the end of the movie, shit gets weird. Um, and, you know, you think it's not going to go one way, and then it does. Not to spoil anything, but the climax of this film is fantastic. So if you get a chance to check out The Wailing, I believe it's still on Netflix, uh, definitely check it out. The next one up is Train to Busan, which is basically uh, speed uh, with zombies. So basically uh, you get set up in this uh, town where there is hints that there is a zombie outbreak occurring or about to occur Um and then you're introduced to this father and daughter where it's similar to some of the other movies I've talked to today is they have a strained relationship where he's dealing with his ex-wife. Um, and the train to Busan is literally the train that he needs to get his daughter on so that he can take her to visit his ex-wife. Uh, and then, of course, there's a big old uh, zombie attack that occurs. Um, and it's really great because you're introduced to this fantastic cast of characters. You get really attached. Um, there's a lot of great elements from a similar movie called Snowpiercer where there's a lot of... Um, uh, comments on uh, politics and society and people in general and how they react and how they treat other people based on a situation like this and you're not sure what's more horrifying, the zombies or the people on the train um, again, uh, also very good highly recommend it, I believe it's on Netflix uh, and also I found out recently there is a prequel to this film um, that is an animated feature uh, I haven't had a chance yet to see it myself but I hear it is very good now, I wanted to round out my list with a couple of more recently successful horror movies, which you don't really see that often is um, great commercial success for horror movies, um, but both of which have also been uh, commented on in previous Down in Front podcast episodes, so feel free to go back and check those out. Um, but two of uh, the films that I'd like to include on my best of the year list would be It and Get Out. Both of these movies were fantastically successful and for good reason. It, in my opinion, is what remakes should be held to. Uh, that's the bar that remakes should strive for going forward. Uh, and Get Out, and just in general, was a fantastic movie. The acting was great, the story was great, the script was great, uh, and the jokes that they managed to fit in there were also great to balance out the sheer terror of the situation. Um, so that concludes my list. I do have some... Uh, honorable mentions. Uh, I didn't count them completely because they were from a little bit longer uh, than a year ago, uh, but I would like to include It Follows, The Witch, The Babadook, and Goodnight Mommy as some of my favorite movies of the last few years. Um, and with that, please uh, make sure that you let the Down to Front podcast guys know that you uh, enjoy uh, the content that we're putting out there. And feel free, like I said earlier, to let us know if there are other movies that you're watching that we should look into or if some of the movies that I mentioned were total crap. I would love to hear it. And thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. This has been Fear Boners with Andrew, brought to you by the Down in Front podcast. 
make sure to tune in next week for more spooky recommendations and awful opinions. Thanks, Abbott. Again, we are the Down in Front Podcast. You can find a lot of our work all on the internet. Uh, we can start with Twitter. That's underscore D-I-F-P. Uh, you can also find our work on Facebook. So facebook.com slash Down in Front Podcast. We actually have a brand new sort of game cast, sort of Twitch channel that Brylin hosts. That's going to be twitch.tv slash Down in Front Podcast. Uh, if you have questions about like reviews or kind of really want to talk with us, feel free to find our work on the Apple Podcast app or rate us on iTunes or even email email us down in front podcast at gmail.com and lastly if you like what we do we love to hear thoughts of it especially we love to have any sort of donations as possible sign up and definitely become a patreon uh, we actually get bonus episodes and a lot of other extra content that we're going to be getting ready for you very soon feel free to sign us up at patreon.com slash down in front podcast thanks so much and we hope you enjoyed